Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I'm Eric Acker, the host, with Karen. Hey, guys. I wanted to, I guess, start off with just an apologies for not getting this done on Wednesday. Well, for Wednesday. This is Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> we we got a little, I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> A lot has happened in the last week, and we were just, I mean, I was tired. We did kind of forget about it, but um, our offer got accepted on the house, and so we are in the initial stages of getting that all taken care of, um, getting all the paperwork into the loan, getting all of the... um, so all the financial documents getting compiled, all the all the home insurance and the inspections, inspection, appraisals, uh, bug inspection, planning for us to go up there to take a, at least me to go up there and take a look at things and try to take care of some things, uh, including part of the paperwork that Eric got sent um, for the program. Yeah, we which we got <laughs> we got the. Paperwork yeah, last night uh, for the program. The program's like, here, here's a 36 items that you need to complete and try to get them done before the end of April. So we are on a deadline, <laughs> uh, which is, is good. I'm glad I'm, I was looking forward to getting this paperwork, so I'm glad I finally have it and I have some time to, I you know, I need to sit down and do some work. A lot of it is just read this document, sign it, read this document, sign it, and turn it back in. Um so there's not a lot to do that, but there is a sum to do. So uh, a lot of times you have to work with the ECFMG to uh, up, you know, so you upload your your medical school diploma, which you get uh, for Trinity. We get it the end of the month that we graduate in, or the, the last month of our electives is the month we graduate in. So I got mine end of March. You upload it to ECFMG. They um, send it. To, they they ask the school to verify your transcripts and the school sends transcripts to them. They verify everything and then they, they verify you as a, your credentials as a medical doctor. And then you ask them to send those credentials and the verification and certification uh, all to your medical licensing board, whichever, um, whichever program you're in, you know, obviously like I'm in North Carolina, so medical licensing board of North Carolina is going to be getting those documents, and then you have to go through the application process of being a doctor in training in that particular state so that they can approve you to be a doctor uh, in that state, get an NPI number, and then eventually the program will get you a DEA number. Uh, and so a whole bunch of stuff has to get done, but so it's filling out those applications. I think the most um, strenuous part for me was uh, the... They wanted your history from high school till the present, and it was like, oh man, that's uh, it goes back a ways. Like two thousand six, I think I graduated high school, so uh, there was a lot of history. And then it's like, oh my gosh, this is dates I need for 
when I was a lifeguard because they want employment. They want uh, academic employment, vacation. They can't have any gap. So if you like took a summer off and you didn't work, you have to put in vacation. You said put in like those three months as vacation. And then, yeah, so you, and then your academic and my academic career has been a little, uh, non-traditional is probably the way I would say it. Like I, I went running start in when I was being homeschooled in high school. I did running start at the local community college. I went and then went to St. Martin's University for one year. Decided that I really didn't like that university all that much. And uh, I could get a, a quality education for cheaper at Washington State University. So I transferred over to the Vancouver branch. Um, had a bit of a downturn in my academics, which is you know why I'm on the course I'm on like th- this particular course. Uh, I ended up doing about a year or so at, back at Clark College, and then I went um, back to WSU, <laughs> and then I was doing, uh, in my final term, I think I was doing some sort of research project for credit, and that research project kind of took a long time, and finally, when in like 2016 or something like that, I finally reached out to the professor and was like, uh, can we wrap this research project up? What do we need to do? And he was like, oh, yeah, we're actually done with that. I was like, okay, great. Can you assign a grade to the credits from 2012? He's like, yeah, I can do that. And that's when I got my degree. So it's my uh, academic history. And then, of course, I, I was working during that time. I was um, yeah, I was working and I had gotten a different job. I was working at Vancouver Clinic. Um, so, like, the medical school component, like, oh, yeah, my 2019, I went to medical school, I uh, graduate, you know, this, this year, that is probably the, um, yeah, that's probably the most simple part of my entire record. That's like a lot of data inputs to make sure you try to get the dates correct, just because like, they could go back and ver- try to verify any of that stuff. And you just don't want to be uh, hiding anything or putting things wrong. So that's a bit of a stressful p- portion of it, just to make sure you have all the the correct dates and had to take up some old records to do that. Uh, what else? Yeah, there's just like, you know, pictures ID. Um, there's a mobile phone stipend policy that we have to read over and sign. So there's a, there's a lot of things that sign and upload, uh, requesting a USMLE. You, okay. So you were just, okay, <laughs> I thought Karen was actually wanting to jump in there, but she was like, I'm just, I'm just stretching my hand. <laughs> um, yeah, USMLE, uh, step one and step two scores needed to be up, uh, sent to the medical board. So just a lot of stuff that um, needed needs to be done. Some of it I can just do, you know, fill it out, sign, send it back. And some of it is waiting on uh, ECFMG or the... Um, there's the board that finds the USMLE board scores and sends them to the North Carolina board. So, and then I have to do some fingerprinting, I guess, for a background check. So, I got to figure that out. Uh, anyway, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on, just getting things processed. And I think we do our orientation on June nineteenth. So we are just kind of chugging along here. Like Karen said, we have the house that's. We're on under contract for hopefully to close uh, early May, moving in early June. Have to get our house that we're currently living in in good shape. It's not in bad shape. It just needs to be in <laughs> the same shape that we found it in. And 
we need to, we've kind of been working out logistics of like, how do we move from here to there without making Karen drive five kids screaming and yelling for five and a half hours? Well, they wouldn't scream and yell the whole time, but (laughs) (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) But uh, I mean, when you get kids side by side, you know. Some fights. Some and then there's a baby that and then there's a baby. may not want to be strapped down and not fed for five and a half hours. could be difficult. So we're trying to figure out logistics of all that. So we are doing all that fun stuff. And, of course, there's going to be one night where we are essentially homeless because we move in on, I think, June 1st. And we have to be out of this house May 31st. So we, we have rented an Airbnb. And <laughs> yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, we've got a good portion of the logistics worked out and a lot of money going out of the account, you know. But we feel very blessed to have hopefully purchased the home that we are going to be in. Do you say hopefully because... We haven't signed yet, so it's not technically our home (laughs) yet. We are under contract. There could be something down the line that... It screws it up for us. But as of right now, this is going to be our home. So that is why I said hopefully. Yeah. Barring like the inspector Barring finding <laughs> like something crazy or the appraisal being like, no, it's only worth this much. And uh, barring something like catastrophic, this should be our home. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be nice to own a home again. Um, Even if it might be three, three to five years. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we're going through that whole process. That's been fun. We haven't still haven't been in the city. I think we are hoping to get up there next week. Yes. And um, then we're taking. Uh, we're kind of all of our friends have gone on vacations, so most people we kind of hang out with um, in town are, are out of town. So slowly they will start returning. <laughs> <laughs> I think typically we would watch Ted Lasso. I think on tonight, but we are. Holding off, because I think one of our friends is getting back in town tonight, and he wants to watch it tomorrow. So, like, okay, we can hold off one more night. Um, I'm not so online that I'm going to get it spoiled, so I think that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so we're just working towards getting our house ready for the next renters, and we are working towards purchasing our home, as well as getting all the little medical stuff out of the way for the kiddos, and um, all of Eric's paperwork done, and just packing. Yes, and then of course and then Eric is doing his little side hustle of DoorDash. DoorDash, yes, <laughs> yes, delivering food, people's lunches uh, at least three to four days a week, and it brings in not a lot of money, but yeah, you know, I, I like yeah, I like seeing a lot more of the, the city than I haven't seen before, and it's a little bit of money that I feel like I can actually control. Like we're actually bringing money in. It's not just a two, three month window where I'm just literally handing out my money to everyone who asks. So it's nice to be in a position where like I can work and make a little bit of money back and feel like we're putting money back into our account, even if it's not like significant amounts compared to what's leaving. Uh, <laughs> it it just I don't know. For men- mentally, for me, it's kind of nice because it's like okay, now I have a little bit more control. Um, now I, now I can. I do like three hours, two and a half, three hours, you know, three to four days a week. And we have, we have a little bit of money that comes back to us. We'll be fine. And then for tax reasons, we're, you know, monitoring the gas and vehicle usage and 
all that fun stuff. Because I think that's all stuff that I also have to report to the lender as well. When we close on the house, they have to account for the money that's coming into the account. So all that fun stuff. It's good times. Um, but so this week, just to kind of shift gears here, we wanted to talk. We Last week, we talked about the Kansas City sub-I rotation or fourth-year elective. And so we were saving Gainesville, Northeast Georgia, um, Medical Center as the first sub I did as our second one that we're going to talk about because I this one was internal medicine. This was internal, yeah. It was internal medicine. This one it wasn't on clinician nexus. It wasn't um, something. It was something that I think the school had an affiliation agreement with because a previous student had done um, a sub I in the ED program. So we did have uh, affiliation agreements with the GME office for students to go up there. But in order to secure the rotation, you had to fill out an application, uh, write a, like a, a few small essays and submit it into them. And if they, and then they actually do apparently select people based on the applications because they can't, there's a, there was a few people I think who did apply, who did not get rotations there. So, um, you do have to apply. They, the application does drop at a certain date and you need to get it in as soon as possible to hopefully secure a rotation that you want. Uh, so that's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. Um, and they are a relatively newer program. They just graduated their first class last Yeah, year. yeah. So the, there was a gentleman, I, a doctor I, I worked with. Well, uh, he, Seth Elu, who was on the program, he's an emergency medicine resident at that program or at that hospital. There was a, 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 a guy, a doctor now, who graduated out of the internal medicine program that went to his church, and he came over to help build Seth's house um, when I was up there helping Seth out. So um, I met him, chatted with him a little bit. He was in that inaugural class uh, when it first came up off the ground and, and then also uh, graduated um, he provided a little bit of insights into the program, which made me a little nervous. Uh, initially, you know, I, you know, being having an opportunity for a sub I anywhere is always kind of a nice little blessing. It's a an opportunity to sh- try to show off or try to be uh, as impressive as you can be, and hopefully, you know, it's an opportunity that I think not every student gets because uh, if you're applying, I applied to 177 programs. Well, I didn't do sub I's at 177 programs. I did sub I's at like one of those <laughs> places I applied to. So um, a lot of times programs only have your application to look at. So in places that, where you really, really want to be at, a sub-I can kind of give you that little bit of an edge. Um, they get to know you a little bit more. And in this case, uh, I don't know if that worked against me or not. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to kind of unpack in this uh, sub-I rotation because there was a lot of good, there was uh, some bad, and uh um, I think the really the punchline is, is that we did not get an interview at this program. Um, and that, uh, I think, leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth. So uh, I think uh, cards on the table for everyone to listen to the next few minutes and try to decide what you think of this program and what you think of doing sub-eyes in general. Just kind of know, like, maybe it's tainted. Maybe some of these opinions are tainted by the fact that I did not get an interview. And, and therefore... Uh, take everything with a grain of salt. Well, and this is just my opinion, my experience. So everyone might have a very different experience. Yes, and to be fair, we were not the only Trinity students to have had a sub internship there 
in internal medicine and to also my knowledge not. the other person did we, we also know. did not did yeah not they did not get an interview there either um but that person did go on to do other sub-eyes in internal and medicine interviews and, and got interviews from those programs. So it's not, it's up to the program whether or not you get an interview if you get a sub-I. Typically, the rule of thumb is if you do a sub-I there, you do get an interview, just not with this program. Yeah, and they, they do. So that is a very, um, I think it's customary in internal medicine, most customary in medicine in general, if you do a sub-I. It's customary for the program to give you an interview. Um, but in the application and during this entire process of getting the rotation there, you do sign documents stating you understand that doing this sub I does not guarantee an interview, that you're not, uh, that's not something that's been promised, that's not something that you're going to get. Uh, just, by the, just by showing up, you're not going to get those things. So, I'm not the complaint with the program isn't necessarily like, oh they didn't give me an interview I did a sub I did four weeks uh, sub I with them so they didn't give me an interview that seems kind of lousy uh, yeah it's maybe not customary maybe it's more in the norms for other programs but there were other places I did sub eyes at and other places that other people have done sub eyes that also didn't give interviews so it's hit and miss uh, while it's maybe customary it's not guaranteed so take that into account as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the good things about this program. Um, so I, I think first and foremost, I liked the team that I had. Um, I, there was two residents I mostly worked with uh, in the for most of the time I was there. Um, they were interns. They had we had one senior who was a second year resident who was kind of running the team. Um, and they were all really good and helpful. Like having come into this rotation, uh, not really knowing exactly how it was going to go. I had done um, internal medicine rotations before. I had, you know, Dr. Lomboy, and we had a little bit of a hospital component to it and an outpatient component to it. So I thought it might be a little bit like the inpatient component to that we did with Dr. Lomboy, and it was, but really more. <laughs> Dr. Lomboy at the time, we only had maybe one or two patients um, that were his that were in the hospital. So pretty, you know, early morning rounds, uh, see the patient, talk to the patient, present the patient, Dr. Lomboy, write a note, and then we head to the clinic. So pretty quick and short. Um, in this particular case, we had lots of patients on our, in on the internal medicine teams. Um, there was every, every hospital is gonna be different. They can have up to like four or five teams, maybe more, maybe less. And those teams are usually comprised of at least two interns and one senior resident, senior generally meaning third year or second year. Um, and in that team, you could be assigned, uh, I've heard anywhere from, um, I'm trying to think of the number here, uh, basically 16 to 20 um, patients in, the, in your team. And it can be sometimes less, sometimes more. General rule of thumb is that the interns are taking about eight patients each. The senior resident is overseeing both interns and maybe taking on one or two patients himself. So the senior resident is still rounding on all the patients that the interns are seeing. And he's got maybe a couple patients on his own that he's seen. And the interns have uh, sometimes up to eight patients that they are 
overseen as well. So there's a lot, a lot of patients in the team, and then you certain days you're on call. Anyway, you said sorry, I'm deviating. Um, <laughs> the good things I like. So the interns I worked with were phenomenal. Um, I, they were relatively new. I, I think we we discussed this before, but it was um, kind of late August and September, I think, when I was at this program. And so they had just started in July. So they had maybe about a month, two months of being residents, interns. <laughs> and uh, one of the particular residents, a uh, very sweet um, resident, she had just, like when I, when I was with, there with her, that was her first time being in that hospital on a rotation. So she had, I think, done some outpatient, maybe elective, and now she was on her inpatient uh, internal medicine services. And um, that, that she, she was having difficulties navigating the hospital because this hospital is a 700-bed hospital, I believe, is the amount of beds it has. So, and it's, so it's gigantic. It's big. 700 beds. It's a level two trauma center. Um, they basically could do just about everything except transplants at that hospital. So there's a lot of acuity there was a lot of just different things and just 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 a giant hospital Uh, and none of your patients were ever on the same floor so you had to kind of look at your patient list and try to decide how you were going to get from one patient to the next i know there's certain theories out there um so i don't want to get people mad at me i'm not not an intern yet not a resident you know I'm, i'm signing contracts but I understand generally the rule of thumb is you look at your list and you find the most acutely ill patients and you see them first and then you deal with the less acutely ill um, on your list. Um, but also sometimes, a lot of times on rounds, the doctors will not do rounds in that order. They'll just do, okay, we're on this floor. We move up to the next floor. We move up to the next floor. Um, they may start the rounds with the most acutely ill patient and then move around from there. But Anyway, <laughs> these uh, these interns were great. They helped me get started. They provided me some guidance and encouragement. Um, every time I was there, they they every time I were I was there, they were there as well, working. I think they were also trying to figure out things, just like I was. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to be efficient, how to get through the chart notes, how to make. Uh, I'm sure they were better at doing chart notes. They were better at doing a whole lot of other things. Um, but as part of the day goes on, you do your rounds multiple times. <laughs> you have to make phone calls. Um, they were, I think, towards the middle and end, they were more comfortable letting me do some of the calls, um, calling um, different staff members, contacting different people to try to get uh, like social workers and whatnot, try to get things coordinated for certain patients. So um, interns are great. Uh, senior residents were great. The, um, the hospital has some great support staff. Like they have social workers all over the place. They have Epic, which is a phenomenal medical record system. I'm not, not paid by Epic. I've worked with it before at the Vancouver Clinic. Uh, this was my first kind of go of it as a hospital. And it's so nice to be able to just instant message the staff member you want to talk to and they can respond right back instead of trying to like track them down on the floor. Um, they had some great attendings that were really knowledgeable. I had basically two attendings. I had Dr. Gross and had Dr. Uh, New something. 
Newcom, Newcom. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they were really good. They weren't. Um, they wanted you to, you know, be good and uh, efficient, and they wanted you to be um, present well and knowledgeable and knew, know what your plan was. Um, but they weren't like jerks. They weren't there to pimp you. They would ask you questions and sort of pseudo pimp you, but it it wasn't very malicious. It wasn't to make you embarrass you or make you feel bad about yourself. It was trying to progress your knowledge. And if there was a deficiency, they go, okay, well, why don't you look some of this up? We're going to talk about it tomorrow, present, or they would assign you something to present. So there was the attendees that I I interacted with were all very good. Um, And I, I really enjoyed working with a lot of them because while I felt like a lot of pressure to perform and be good, uh, they weren't um, they weren't the kind of people that expected you to memorize eight of your patients in all the labs and then try to present everything, including pertinent and non-pertinent. So thank God they weren't doing that to me. Um, what other good things? Uh, I know there's a lot. And I feel like it's hard to... I didn't really write a list out, so this is kind of off the top of my head. Um, honestly, like this is going to sound pretty low, um, but they feed you. Like you have complete access to the physician's lounge, which is stocked with food for breakfast, lunch. Um, so you can walk in there and get food. They had all these coffee machines that would make you coffee, and that was great, and that was free. Um, they had all sorts of things in the vending machines, soda, whatever. Like you basically did not have to buy food while you were on shift. On Saturday, they. There really wasn't food in this uh, physician's lounge, and so you would have to go to the cafeteria and pay for stuff. But the residents, <laughs> one of the nice things about the place was that they gave residents about like $75 a week in cafeteria stipend. And it, it didn't roll over into the next week, so you kind of had to use it or lose it. But a lot of the residents always had money, and so what they would do is like, they would always buy stuff for the medical students that were rotating through. Like, whether it was you know, at lunch right before noon conference, like, oh, you want some coffee? Let's go get some coffee. And it was like a Starbucks there. So they really worked hard at um, making all the medical students feel welcome and, like, giving them money to, not well, giving them money, but paying for the lunch, the drinks, the snacks, anything like that. Um, so I think they did, that for that reason, like, they did a really good job with, the med- the residents did a really good job with the, the medical students. And so, and other good things about the program, um, uh, this is, I know, separate from the sub-I, but the residents do get paid pretty well. Like, it's one of the better paid programs in Georgia. Um, um, maybe for the sub-I, the other better benefit is you, the structure is essentially six days on, one day off. And, which is not, I, you know, it's not great for work-life balance, but, you know, that, that is how it is in internal medicine when you do um, residency. And so it's basically there to give you, uh, as a medical student, the glimpse of what it's going to be like when you're a resident. Um, but at least what I mean by the good thing about it is that they let the medical student pick which day off they wanted to do. And so you just picked a day, and then that was your day off. So if you you wanted to hit the scenes, you could pick you know Saturday or Friday night, and you could have you know stuff. You can do stuff on Friday, Saturday night. I generally pick Sunday. Because um, that left me the opportunity to finish up on Saturday, drive home, and then spend all day Sunday with the family, and drive up Sunday night, and start Monday morning, you know, fresh after having kind of a nice 
reprieve back with the family. Um, so that's what I ended up choosing to do. Uh, yeah. And the other nice thing about the program is they did house, house you. Oh, you that's didn't right. didn't have to pay for the housing, um, which was appreciated. It can be a very big expense on it, any it semi. It can be for a semi. So those were some good things, some kind of not so good things. Um, Areas of improvement, potentially. <laughs> uh, it did not seem, well, I'll just go right off the bat. It did not seem like the program director was well-liked. In the program director's defense, he did start off a program and he did get a few. At least two fellowships off the ground and going. Yes. So within, that it, within like a year or two years. That is a lot of work. Um, so it's not that he is necessarily bad at his job. Maybe he's just not a people person. I don't know. I, Eric, I don't think ever really met him. He, you were there for a presentation that he did, but besides that, it, it seemed like a kind of a box presentation that he gave every once a month or just kind of a quick update what's going on in the program. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be casting dispersions, but I didn't get the impression from just about any medical resident that I talked to that he was particularly well-liked. And now some one particular resident I talked to, uh, he, they already graduated, and uh, they had a bad run-in with the particular program director. So I, I was trying to put his opinion off to the side just because like, sometimes you have a bad experience with somebody that really kind of t- paints that person a very particular way. And so... Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm my own individual. I can build my own relationships with people and have my own connections. So I, I didn't really work with this program director at all. I didn't have any personal contact with him. All I'm just relating is the residents of the program did not seem very fond of their program director. Um, that was an interesting kind of thing to see. Felt like a little bit of a red flag. It was basically not very positive. And only neutral, basically not positive and neutral opinions. Uh, and essentially the neutral opinion was, it can be annoying, but you can just live with it. Yeah. Uh, and which is because like, okay, like that's a lot of jobs. <laughs> like a they lot of like jobs you have attendings. That. And so the person that you're working with the most is really who you, what makes the biggest difference, I think. Yeah. I mean, your day to day is with the attendings and the fellow residents you work with. And so if that's okay and good, then... You know, the program director does matter, obviously. He does kind of affect uh, a lot of everything. But if, if you know, you don't interact with him on a day-to-day basis, it can be relatively tall. I, I imagine it could be tolerable. Uh, having worked many, you know, many years in different jobs, um, I've had good managers and I have bad managers. Uh, and bad managers can make your life kind of crappy. But um, generally, the coworkers are the ones that kind of got me through a lot of it and also your attitude of how you de- deal with it. So uh, I'm not trying to dismiss the residents' concern. I'm not trying to say that they, they're definitely right. I, that was just an observation that I saw. There, there were some other like kind of weird at things where the residents felt like they were being listened to when they were in certain rooms, like and like that basically like microphones might be on, and they didn't feel like they could speak very freely in certain situations. And I mean, and truth be told, on a lot of your sub eyes, if you go on any sub eyes, you should just generally assume, uh, even as it goes for interviews as well, you should just generally assume anything you say, write, or do is probably being recorded or observed by somebody. And so you should just try to keep everything as uh, professional as possible. 
Um, just blanket statement there. It's kind of a good rule of thumb just in general, especially when you're trying to get a job. Uh, just doing your best to um, put your best foot forward. Uh, so some residents had that kind of complaint. So that was kind of a weird red flag of the program. Uh, a lot of the residents felt like they um, ended up working probably a lot more than they would have expected or was advertised for the program. Uh, there was some kind of feeling that the program, um, uh, if you, how do I say this delicately? Uh, <laughs> there was a, an indication that if you were trying to work for your work and get and be as thorough as, as possible, but you know you're brand new, you're you're putting in a lot of hours. That the program could slap you with um, you're being being calling you inefficient as a way to kind of um, discourage too many hours being reported or something like that. So a lot of residents kind of got the feeling that the program, instead of providing support and helping you get for your work or trying to reassess, like are we maybe putting too much work on too quickly for some of our interns, uh, they uh, they. It seemed that the program was uh, very readily willing to give you an inefficient letter, and those can apparently, according to some of the residents, those can add up into being possible fireable offenses. Uh, the program might not promote you to your second year, um, and those sort of things. So that it, it kind of triggers in the back of a resident's mind: like, do I, do I really want to fight this, or do I just want to get through three years? Um, and so they, a lot of the residents will choose, you know, I'll, I'll grin and bear it for three years and be done. So that was kind of also, I, I don't know all the in, ins and outs of that, but that was certainly something that was troubling some of the residents. Uh, that, that seemed like a bit of a red flag to me. Yeah, but I mean, during the interview process, there were several programs, there were some programs that you kind of got the feeling that, that they were, Similar, there were other programs that were just like, well, I don't see the point. So um, one of the interviews we got was Dignity Health mm -hmm. in Arizona. It's a brand new program, um, yeah, which, is, which is why it was lower on our rank list. Um, it wasn't very low. It was, I think it was still it was in the top, top tier of our rank list, but, um, but <laughs> we're just naming it out. As, uh, sorry, I, I'm still in protected, <laughs> protecting mode, but you're right. It was ranked number four. It was ranked number four. We liked the program, but it was ranked number four because it was a brand new program. And Gainesville made us a little gun shy of a brand new program because you never know what, exactly what you're yeah. going to get. Plus you don't have the support. Um, but we will go into that on another episode, but that program director in the interview just flat out said, I don't know why we work residents the way we do. As an attending, you're never going to work that way. In our program, we're going to strive to have our <laughs> residents have somewhat more of a normal work week. Yeah, so he, you knew you were going to probably work less hours at that residency versus another one. Um, and like we got an interview at Creighton and we knew from Matthew Barbo that there were some rotations where you'd work 16 days in a row and then you would have some days off. So we kind of knew what to expect on that one where, so each residency program is going to be different and it might just depend on where you are in your block schedule. If that's what that mm -hmm. residency program has. Um, so as much as this, was a concern for some of the residents. It might 
It could be the norm. It could be the norm, or it could be that they're in their second month and they are going to become more efficient. Because yeah. In, yeah. in some of those questions that we, that Eric, not we, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't in any of those interviews, but that Eric asked in the interviews was like, well, how, how do you, uh, how do what, you best prepare yourself for residency, or mm-hmm. what do you wish that residents would come in having known? And efficiency was one of the top answers. As well as know your top ten admin reasons for uh, admin. Yeah, for every specialty or every system, like what's the top ten reasons for people get admitted to the hospital? Yeah. So there are things that you can do to help yourself a little bit, but I mean, there are so many different um, EMRs. Yeah. Uh, like, that <laughs> you might be learning a new one. Like, uh, we were on Meditech at Houston. Uh, I worked on Epic at Vancouver Clinic in Gainesville. Uh, Meditech was in Kansas City. So it's yeah, so there is a little bit of a learning curve, and you don't know if because those residents were two months in that they were still on that learning curve. Um, and then you you do have where different programs have different things they're looking for. I mean, obviously, different programs have different things they're looking for because, yeah, comparatively speaking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying to be like, you don't want to be the malignant person in medicine that's just complaining about, and, and I don't want to call any program malignant. I don't want to say like definitely avoid this place. I think I got a good experience. I think I grew a lot in those four weeks. Uh, I, I think I understand a lot more what, it, what, uh, internship will look like, um, as a resident. Um, and so I do appreciate that because I, um, I had a vague idea, and then after four weeks, I had a very good idea of what it would be more like. And again, I, I didn't get to do all the orders. I didn't have to call the family. I didn't, you know, like I I, I had a l- lower level of responsibility than even the interns had. But um, I got to write my own notes. I got to make my own plans. I had to uh, talk to my own patients, do my own physical exams. Um, you know, propose which orders I would place, which medications I would propose, you know, give the patient, et cetera, et cetera. So I did get a lot from it. I, I will, I do want to note one more thing. This wasn't my experience per se, um, but there every year there is a, uh, Reddit does a thread on programs. And uh, especially during the MAP season, people can go through and uh, make comments on the programs. Uh, if they've done sub eyes, or they interviewed with them, if they've done the resident resident meet and greet, and they make comments on what they think of it, what they what their impressions were. So sometimes you get the, uh, the benefit of having other opinions, and but you know these are strangers on the internet, anonymous people who uh, are never going to be held accountable for anything that they said, <laughs> and so they could be trying to tell you this program's awful just to ward away a few more a few applicants to give themselves a better shot you know that's this is our med med, med medical student minds getting a little bit paranoid like are we <laughs> are we trying to scare people away from this program so i get my spot or um are people being just honest uh, i say that all to say that there is an entry from this last cycle that i noticed for northeast georgia where Somebody commented on a uh, resident meet and greet that there was a resident that said, I hate this place <laughs> in the meet and greet. 
Um, and the, they commented that the residents all looked kind of miserable. And one mentioned an uh, uh, interview where they felt like the, uh, the interviewer was a little bit too aggressive in questioning. So um, take it all of a grain of salt. I mean, I think Zoom interviews are hard enough as it is, and sometimes it's hard to have a good connection with, uh, sorry, a uh, good connection with somebody uh, during a virtual interview. Uh, certainly also uh, resident meet and greet. Uh, <laughs> go and, ahead. And just just to note, this is just the internal medicine Yeah, the, I mean, they, they have a psych program. They have a family med. They have surgery. And each one has their own program director. Each one is run differently. Because, like, Seth, Seth loves matched, his program. matched in Kingsville. He loves his program in emergency med. He works he maybe has a good schedule. 55 hours a week. <laughs> They've got an indoor soccer team. Like, he loves it there. So this is... Different experiences with different ju- people. Different experiences, same hospital. So just take what we're saying as yeah. this was our experience. It might change. Um who knows between between now and next next match cycle, but this is just our experience and what we heard while we were there or what we <laughs> yeah. read. My 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 biggest gripes, and this is where I get to be my own petty self. Um, <laughs> my biggest gripes is that um, I felt like I I went into the rotation uh, willing to work as hard as possible. So uh, this is. Uh, providing a little bit more context here, this this is going to work against me as well. Um, this is at the, probably the height of my severe sleep apnea, and I needed caffeine to get me to uh, from my place in Demarest, which which is about forty five minutes away from Gainesville. Uh, I needed caffeine to just get me there in the morning. I was needed caffeine to get through rounds. I needed caffeine to get through afternoon report. Uh, so I needed caffeine a lot in order to try to even remotely stay awake. And even then I was falling asleep. Um, if I sat down and do my notes for any uh, very long period of time and the caffeine is starting to wear off, I started falling asleep. So uh, my sleep apnea was not uh, giving me, it was giving me a good time. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the residents, one of the interns I was working with, even commented that she thought I might have narcolepsy because I kept slow, slowly drifting off to sleep during rounds. Uh, so that works against me because I'm sure an attending that thinks that I'm falling asleep constantly thinks that maybe I'm just bored or not able to even pay attention. So that, that probably works against me. I'm just throwing that and add a little extra context because... Um, that you know, that's that was a thing, and I was trying to deal with during the rotation, and uh, really struggling with. And yeah, I know Karen's like, you should have gotten that sleep test earlier, and you're probably right. But <laughs> <laughs> we made a deal. Um, he waited until the very end of the end of his I time. I fulfilled limit. my part of the deal. <laughs> Anywho, um, I this is where I get to be a little bit petty because I I went and tried to work as hard as possible. I, I was always touching base with the attendings and trying to figure out, okay, my notes, how do my notes look? How would you change it? How can I make these better? Um, and then is there anything else you also, anything else you want me to work on? And what's your goal for me? Because I think initially they started you out with like two patients. You get two patients to round on and you can kind of get through that relatively quick. But when you're first figuring out, it takes a minute. And then... So I talked to one of the attendings and he said, uh, yeah, start with two, but like as you go along this week, uh, maybe get up to four, up to six, maybe up to eight by the end time you get to the end of your rotation. And so 
probably like by week two and a half, I was already at like seven or eight. And it was hard um, because oftentimes the, the attending, I would round on these patients. We had the same patients from day to day. So I would round on the same ones and pick up new ones as I could. But sometimes like a patient, you know, kind of, this is going to sound weird, but it goes boring. Like it, they started like an interesting, like, oh, hyponatremia. Oh, this is, in, you know, an interesting hyponatremia, how we're going to treat that, blah, 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 which is kind of bread and butter internal medicine stuff. But when you're, you know, a wide-eyed fourth year, like, oh, I don't deal with this very often. How would I treat this? How would I treat a salt issue? And how would I die, help work it up? And so you're working it up for a few days, and then finally, like, okay, this stable. Now we're just kind of, we're, we're either waiting for placement into a nursing home, we're waiting for them to be a little bit more stable so they can go home. Um, they become quote unquote boring or no longer interesting patients. And so you would have like a couple patients on my, I would have like a couple patients on my list that were uninteresting, but I'd follow them for a couple of days. And so I was following them for another day and then the attending would turn to me and go, okay, great presentation or a good presentation. Don't follow them tomorrow, pick someone else. And so like, Sometimes it's easy to present patients that you've known because now you know they're, you've taught, you've looked at them multiple times, you talked to them multiple times, you know their history, they know their treatment course, you know the ED course, and uh, you know everything about them. And then now you're going to either need to pick up a brand new patient that just came in from the ED, or you need to switch to a different patient that has been there for five or six days and catch up on what's been going on for the last five or six days. So that's relatively difficult. And then when you have eight patients, who are all brand new, <laughs> interesting things are going on, it becomes very, very difficult because not even the interns have eight patients who are brand new because they don't ditch patients because they become uninteresting. They just get them ready for discharge. Uh, so it was very difficult to do that. I was trying to do it to the best of my ability. I thought I was doing an, a pretty decent job. And I was actually getting out Earlier, I think my first week I was getting out at like 8 o'clock at night or something like that. Something ridiculous. Getting there at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, getting out at 8 o'clock at night. Um, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> but the second, you know, by the, by the third week I was getting close to, you know, getting closer to, I think I was still getting out at like 6, 6.30. Um, but I was getting closer to like that 5 o'clock, you know, close to that handoff time. Um, when we were on lawn call. So I, I was doing, I think I was doing pretty well, even with like eight patients. And then on top of that, I had presentations that I was giving and I thought I did an okay job on the presentations, you know, for what it is for talking about PJP and other things like that. Like I, I think I did a pretty good job. And then I think one of the attendings, he was like, hey, you know, it would be, we seem to run into this issue. We had to put in orders for patients to be NPO or, or you know, for people who aren't medicine uh, without food after a certain period. Like if we're going to have a procedure tomorrow uh, in, in interventional radiology, some procedures require patients to be NPO, some don't. We don't really have a cheat sheet. We don't have anything to look at that you know, tells us which one's which. And we had to put in the NPO orders so could you f talk to interventional radiology and get a list? And so I did that. And I even created a nice spreadsheet and everything, printed it off. So, it, you know, something that could be printed off, hand, you know, placed 
around the workstations, etc. So I did all that work. <laughs> and so one of the guys, one of my attendings was the APD. And the other one was uh, an attending that was relatively well liked within the program. And again, I thought that, you know, I had a, a kind of an exit interview with one of them. And he basically said there was, you know, some things I have to work on. But like I was doing pretty good. And there, in my end eval that they uploaded to the, um, at the end of the rotation, they uploaded eval like we would get for all of our rotations. And most of it was good. There was a few things like, oh, yeah, you need to work on this, this, or this. Like, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so I was very surprised when I didn't get an interview because not only did I work my butt off for four weeks, I did extra projects for them compared to other medical students that were there. Cause you're not the only medical student. Every team has at least two medical students on it and some are third years and some are fourth years. So, you know, take, you know, the third year, you're not going to expect them to take on eight patients. You're going to expect them to make, take two and do okay job on like compared to some of the fourth year medical students, I was doing really good. And some of them were, you know, some didn't show up. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like I was doing a really good job and pretty decent job compared to some of the, the uh, medical students that there at the time. Well, I think in addition to... And then I also signaled them. Like one of my seven signals was... We did signal them. And I think also in addition to having a a decent exit interview for the... And feeling like you worked hard and did a good job. The team that you worked with... So Mm -hmm. in Gainesville, the way it works is... If you are a resident there, you can put in a good word for somebody and Eric didn't ask for the, the two interns said they would be willing to to yes they, all you need is your AAM CID number which is what your application can get tagged to and that they would submit it through the proper channels to recommend me right which so, I did give them the AMC I you know yes but it wasn't something that Eric had asked for it was something that they said oh well, we would be willing to do this for you so I think in addition to thinking that he did a good job and knowing that people had put his name out there as someone that they would like to see in the program, he was surprised that he didn't get an interview. So, but... What's our post, uh, retrospective view on this? We've talked about this at now, Jim, so... Retrospectively, like, a lot of people seemed unhappy there, and that probably wasn't the place that we were meant to be. Um, <laughs> no, that's and, right. I, and, I, and Eric worked a lot of hours, so I don't know how good that would have been for our family. Um, but who knows? We're going to North Carolina. I don't know what their hours yeah, are. We have no like. idea how, how no that idea. works. <laughs> so, um, but we do know that there are a few other families that have also matched there. So, the program is not opposed to families, and so hopefully that is um, good for us, or at least good for me in that I have other spouses that have children, um, and maybe some built-in support. Yeah, and I mean, again, I don't want to come across as like, oh, that's a our sub-I was a terrible program. I don't think anyone should apply to it. I think there's definitely areas of opportunity that they could improve upon. Um, and I do agree. Like, retrospectively, we got into a great program. Um, 
yeah, we didn't get an interview at Northeast Georgia, but honestly, by by the end of it, by the end of everything, like the biggest pro that the place had, besides like you know, free, all the pros that we listed before, was oh, well, Seth Elu is a resident there in the emergency medicine department, and we are very, uh, we really like Seth. We like his wife and family that he, uh, he's got up there, and it would have been nice to be somewhere where we knew somebody else. Well, and it's a very easy move. It's like three hours away. Yeah, it's three hours. We can we can put things in a car and drive it up three hours. You know, much easier. And we don't have to redo a, a lot of. We can oh. keep our driver's licenses, some of our state benefits that we currently have. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the, there was a lot of creature comforts. At the, it's the reason why we we apply to a lot of places in Georgia. We don't dislike Georgia. We like Georgia well enough, um, but. Um, so, so we, I don't know, there's a part of me, there's a little bit of bitterness and then, you know, I, I think there was obviously some providence there where, uh, maybe this wasn't the best fit for us and we ended up in the place that this is going to be the better fit for us. And I, I'm, I can't be happier that this is, you know, we got a, we got a good place. We got a number two. We can't be mad about that. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if I did get an interview with this place, uh, Northeast Georgia, whether I would have ranked them anywhere, you know, in the top br- half of the bracket. So, you know, I, I can be bitter all I want, but like, you know, they, they had other people that were probably more interested in their program and that's fine. Um, as far as sub go, I think, um, again, it's a great experience. It's a, um, for the fact that they, like Karen said, they house you, like they give you a place to stay. Uh, yeah, I, I did drive like 45 minutes a day to get in, but that's better than driving an hour and a half. It's better than I. I pay, I'll drive forty five minutes any day over, um, paying like twelve hundred dollars a month to do the rotation. So I mean, I, I all I had to do was basically pay for uh, food that I ate that when I wasn't on at the hospital, and so it kept the cost really low in my opinion. I learned so much <laughs> in internal medicine. I I felt like I I moved leaps and bounds uh, beyond where I was when I first started that rotation. Um, and then I also, other observation is it, it kind of set me up for a bad, <laughs> a bad start to the orthopedic rotation in Kansas city. As I mentioned last week, kind of having a lot of hands on, a lot of responsibility, a lot of, you need to do this. You need to act like a fourth year you need, cause you're going to be a doctor in a few months. You're going to be writing these orders. You're going to be making these decisions. So you need to start figuring out how to make those decisions now to please sit in the corner and don't ask questions or don't, don't ask the suture. Don't ask to hold things. Uh, wait for someone to tell you what to do. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's very different. Very different. Uh, and again, we talked about it. The difference between a fourth-year elective and a, a sub-I. And so Northeast Georgia taught me a whole lot. It probably didn't help me too much in my Kansas City rotation because I come... I come after four weeks of, you know, I've been handling eight patients on rounds, waking up at early, five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go to this new program. I'm going to hit the ground running. No problem. They ain't seen a resident that's ready to hustle like me. And it's like, no, no. Half a day. <laughs> you you stand in the corner. You, we're not going to ask you to do a whole lot. Um, so please don't. You, it, this this rotation is more about the vibe, and so anyway, um, that's the sub I rotation kind of in a nutshell. I 
I think there's a lot more details to it because it's very, it's, there's a lot of nuances to internal medicine as far as like knowing what is MTS, what is uh, a four to one schedule, what is a you know four to two schedule, or, uh, just the, how these um, intern, how these residencies schedule residents for the rotations, uh, on call, night call, ICU, critical care, all those things. Uh, every program is very different. So we can spend a lot of time on that as well, as much as I know probably a little bit. Uh, I know plenty of people who have matched into internal medicine and did not do any sub-eyes. And so they maybe commented to me, like, I don't know. You know, during the interviews, people were asking, like, what's what's your what's your schedule like? Is it a four-to-one or you know a three-to-one or what is it? And then he's just like, I have no idea what that means. Like, <laughs> like I've never... Like what's a what's a Jeopardy call schedule? I mean, I've never heard of that before, and he's like, I, I'll just figure it out. And honestly, that, that's not a bad mentality. Like sometimes you you know a little bit, and you might get a little jaded. Like I want it only this way, and like honestly, we've never done it ever. So like, how do you know what you want? <laughs> so, um, what what you want is what what you're gonna get, I guess. I don't know. And that's what even some even in this program, that's what residents kind of said. Where you match is where you're meant to be. So just kind of embrace it and go with it. Yep. So next episode, we will talk more about our interviews and rank list. Yeah. Well, we have interviews, rank list. Um, yeah, and then we still have a. I've been teasing. The You're not gonna get it done. You're not gonna get it done. edited in we're, time. We're gonna we're gonna done. <laughs> I just need like three hours in front of the computer. There's a lot of editing that needs to be done in that in that one because we got interrupted multiple times. We got on side tangents. Uh, if it, <laughs> yeah, if that one's uh, that one will pro- will be within the next few weeks. If not, and maybe we can. It'll be when we move. when people start showing back up. Maybe we can have some other people on that you don't have to hear about my boring stories about <laughs> interviews. You can hear about theirs. Yeah, so we'll try and talk more about rank list and why we ranked programs the way we did, um, just to kind of give you an idea. And yeah, we went a little long this week. Um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram, MedFamilyMD. Feel free to shoot us any questions. We've gotten a few. Um, some we haven't addressed on here cause they are just more personal questions, but, yeah, um, we can type out a quick answer and be done. Yeah. But feel free to shoot them to us. We may or may not talk to about them on the episode, but we will for sure get you an answer as fast as we can. And if you, yeah. Yeah. If you subscribe <laughs> to the podcast if you don't already. And yeah, uh, we appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.